Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Wherever this finds you, I really hope that you're doing well. Uh, I'm missing our church family so much. Uh, it's so good to do Zoom chats and just to chat with a few people. I really encourage you to you know, jump on Zoom uh, after this is uh, finished, this service here, and join us again. I, I just want to really, I just miss all your smiley faces. We did get to talk uh, before the service with quite a few people, and I just look forward to that again. Wherever this finds you, I hope that you're well. I hope that you are more than just surviving. And today I want to help you do more than just survive. I'm going to talk about something this morning. We're going to, we're going to uh, look at something that's not normally seen in a positive light. And I've entitled this morning's message, uh, Stubborn You, Stubborn You. When we think about stubborn, we usually don't associate stubborn in a positive way. We usually talk about stubborn as, oh, you know, stiff-necked and uh, the, the stubborn person. They wouldn't, you know, wouldn't budge. And it's, it's usually in a negative way. But I want to encourage the stubborn in you in a positive way this morning. Because without the stubborn you, you're probably not going to not just survive, but you're probably not going to stick it out long enough to see the fruit. And uh, so I want to read a very familiar passage of Scripture for some of you and others uh, not familiar at all. It's in Galatians 6.9, and it's a letter that Paul wrote to a, a church that was going through a crisis and hard times in a place called Galatia. And it says this, it says, let us not become weary in doing good. Have you ever felt like I'm, I'm the only person that's doing good? I tried my best to uh, encourage somebody, to help somebody, and they just, you know, throw it back in my face, they don't appreciate me, they don't appreciate, maybe that's you, where you're at right now, they don't appreciate what I'm doing. Well, don't grow, grow weary, Paul says, in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest, and here it is, if we do not give up. That's the stubborn bit that we want to talk about this morning. If we do not give up. In other words, if we don't quit, uh, if we're stubborn enough to see it through, if we don't give up, then uh, blessed are, I, I love this, I wrote this down, blessed are the stubborn for they will succeed. Sometimes the difference between success and failure is just simply one word, stubborn. How stubborn are you to see whatever it is out until you success and, and see your harvest? It's, it's something on the inside of us. I'll give you a definition in a moment. Uh, stubborn means this. It's an adjective. It means refusing to agree or give in. Difficult to deal with. I, I want to say this. We need to be difficult in dealing with our opposition. And there's lots of things that come against us. We just need to be difficult in the face of adversity. I don't know if you've ever met a truly stubborn person. Maybe uh, that person is the person looking back at you when you look in the mirror. Uh, maybe, you're, maybe you're married to a truly stubborn person. But uh, 
the stubborn on the inside of you is what's going to take you through, and it's the, it's the person that you need to be in, in the face of hardship. So again, it's hardly ever seen in a positive light, but I want to encourage you to get the donkey of your destiny, your stubborn. I want you to get that donkey. You know, donkeys are known to be stubborn animals. I want, I want you to get the donkey going right now and start to activate the stubborn part of you so that you don't quit during difficult times. Well, whatever you don't confront, you empower. So if you don't confront something because you're, maybe you think, oh, I just don't want to confront that difficult situation. I don't want to confront the difficult person. Uh, I don't want to stand up and I don't want to make any waves. And, and so I see people all the time that just don't want to confront things. But if you don't confront something, it just gets stronger. Whatever you don't confront becomes stronger and you become weaker. So whatever you avoid, you're empowering it. You're either dealing with your complaints or you are a complainer and you're becoming a complacent person. There should be a level of complaint within every one of us. And by that I mean this, that there's some things that we see in the natural. We see things going on that we think, that's just not right. That's just not fair. That shouldn't be. Whatever that is, instead of complaining about it, let that complaint rise up on the inside of you. Let it, let me put it this way, let that complaint become revolting. I've got something right now in my life that is absolutely revolting. And we've had this infestation of flies from the outback. We're here in Australia, and uh, I don't live on the outback. I live on the coast. But for some reason, I don't know why, the wind, maybe it's blowing that way. But the flies are so bad that even these uh, cowboys, I don't know what you call them, but people that, drovers that, uh, that uh, look after all the cattle out in the outback, it's kind of like an embarrassing thing. I was, I was reading about this for one of those, those tough, uh, outback cowboys to uh, have a fly net. And, and, but even the flies are so bad that even these guys are putting fly nets on because there's like trillions of flies. And, and this is kind of revolting, but it, it bears uh, out with my story. But uh, the reason is because these dung beetles, these things that eat the, the dung, you know, the, the cow poo, uh, they, they take and they bury that and they survive on it. Well, the drought here in Australia has caused these little dung beetles to, uh, to die out. So the flies are everywhere. And I saw a picture of one of the drovers, the, the cattle ranchers, that's, that's what I'll call them, the ranchers. And he had, uh, you know, a million flies just crawling. They say they crawl in your ears, crawl up your nose. I mean, really, really revolting stuff. Well, there's something on the inside of you that might be a complaint that needs to be uh, brought up that's revolting, that you find revolting a situation that just shouldn't be, something that makes you angry when you look at it, uh, somebody that's got the unfair part the, that's being taken advantage of, or, or, or whatever it is. It's, it's whatever's revolting that complaint that causes a revolt. Every movement is birthed out of a complaint. It's when the complaint level rises up within you and you go, that's just not right. And then the stubborn kicks in. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to see that through. I'm going to give to that cause. I'm going to support whatever that is. And there are so many things that we see in our everyday life that just need to cause the complaint to rise up, to cause us to be so revolted by the injustice or whatever it is that we start to do good. And then like Paul said, don't grow weary 
in doing good. Because in due time, if you don't faint, if you don't quit, if you keep the stubborn going, in due time, you're going to reap a harvest. You're going to see whatever that is that's revolting. You're going to see that, that problem solved. I think about every movement, and I'm talking about every movement throughout history, it was uh, caused or initiated because somebody saw something revolting. Somebody saw something that just caused a stench, so to speak, that they just found it disgusting that, that anybody could get away with that. And so they stood up and they, and they took charge and they did something about that. And they were stubborn enough to shift that thing out of the way, get a group of people to go with them, start a movement. I think of the civil rights movement in, in America, uh, a lady named Rosa Parks, she would not sit in the back of the bus. They told uh, Afro-Americans, you got to sit in the back. She, she said, no way. She got on that bus and she sat, not in the back, not in the very front, but you know, toward the front of that bus. She sat there and, and they had to remove her from the bus and it started something. Uh, a whole movement was birthed out of that. The civil rights movement was birthed out of that and equal rights was birthed. I, I think of Tiananmen Square in China. Uh, one of the most famous pictures is this, this, this student He's in front of a tank, and the tank moves one way, and he just moves over that way, and the tank goes the other way. He steps over here. He is willing to get run over by the tank. That's how much he believed in that cause. That's how stubborn that he was. And a whole group of people got so stubborn that they waged this protest about the injustice and the unfairness. Everything all the way through history is, is based upon stubborn people. I think about Moses. Moses is, you know, he's Pharaoh's right-hand man. He's, he's living in the palace. He's got it made. Uh, and, and, and he sees the injustice of his people, and he gets a, a commission from God, and he sees how revolting his people are being treated, so he stages a revolt, and he says, let my people go. He goes to Pharaoh with a, a mantle on him, let my people go. Well, stubborn's dealing with stubborn. Because you've got Pharaoh, who's incredibly stubborn. You've got Moses, who's incredibly stubborn. And there's 10 plagues that this warfare gets waged between uh, Pharaoh and Moses. And there's 10 plagues that come. And stubborn Pharaoh, doesn't matter if it's fro frogs or the whole Nile turns into blood or, uh, you know, the, the pestilence, the, the flies uh, come coming in there. Like, it's just massive. It's, it's, like, it's like a war going on between two stubborn people and the stubbornest person wins out, the one that's that takes a stand. There has to be something that rises up. David, I look at him and how with that, that stubborn giant Goliath, he just, he gets his stubborn on, he runs down there with a couple of rocks, takes one rock, sinks it into that giant's head, head job done. I think of Deborah, I think of Elijah, I think of, uh, of Joshua going, marching around Jericho. I think of how stubborn Nehemiah was when he was commissioned to build the walls around Jerusalem and rebuild all of that in the, in the midst of all that opposition. And then we're going to look at stubborn Peter. You know, we, we just finished the series after Easter and how the disciples, there's like a transition that uh, took place between when they saw Jesus resurrected and they had to be so stubborn to wait it out for uh, Jesus to appear at Galilee and then uh, cook him some fish and everything else. And, and, and Peter, he goes on, he writes this letter. It's an amazing letter. It's in uh, 1 Peter in uh, 
I'm just going to read this to you, 1 Peter 5, verses 6 and 7. That same Peter, that same stubborn Peter, he turns his stubborn around. He, becomes, he, be, he takes his stubborn and uses it for God. And he writes this in verse 6. He says, humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, think about how mighty the hand of God is that flung the whole galaxies into place, that he may lift you up in due time. Wow, how? Cast all your anxiety, or I could say frustrations, on him because he cares for you. One of the things that comes against us that we really need to get our stubborn on for is frustrating things. There are so many things in our life. It could be a lack of time. It could be frustrating people. It could be circumstances. It could be a pandemic. Uh, whatever it is that's frustrating you, you need to get your stubborn on and face that thing that's frustrating you with the resolve on the inside of you to rise up and face the thing, whatever that is, lack of money. Uh, uh, experiencing frustration is just something that builds up to cause us to give up. And the battle of frustrations, the war, is in our imagination. What it's trying to do is it's trying to engage your imagination into the negative. The battleground is in the mind. And frustrations try to rob you of what I would call joyful dreaming. Our imagination is supposed to be there so that we could dream joyfully about all the, the good things that can happen and solutions, but the frustration of trying to get something done, whether it's a business or, or you may be in a, a hospital bed right now and, and you're trying your best to recover, but it's so frustrating. Uh, recover, I know I've been there. You know, I, I remember once I, I, I started off riding my bicycle, beautiful day. Uh, it was just one of those days that, you know, it was perfect, blue sky, no wind, temperature just right. Friend of mine said, hey, do you want to go for a ride out to the university? And I said, yeah, that'd be great. We went out there, uh, uh, rode our bikes all the way out. Coming back, it got dark, and I didn't have my, my regular glasses on. I just had these dark sunglasses. You can see what's going to happen here. And, and uh, not that far from home. I thought, I'm almost home. And, and, I, and I took what I thought was a ramp going uh, up onto a, a, a sidewalk, and instead it was a curb, and I hit that thing, and I flew off my bike, and I absolutely shattered this whole arm. In fact, uh, they put it back together with metal, but not before I was laid up in the hospital waiting for the uh, metal to arrive so the surgeons could put it all back together. My, my elbow was literally shattered in, in little splinters. It was just shocking seeing the MRI of the whole thing. It was just like, wow, how are they going to get this jigsaw back together? And I was, I was given the news that you'll, you won't use that arm again. That'll, that's the end of that. In fact, uh, we're just lucky to even save the arm. And as I lie there in incredible pain, I just remember the frustration of it all. And then the recovery time when I finally got out, my, my whole arm could not bend at the elbow, and I'm walking around like this, and I thought to myself, I am not going to accept that. I am going to have, and you can see, I'm waving my arm all over the place that you... Uh, today. <laughs> you can see it works just fine. 
there is nothing wrong with my arm right now. But the stubborn resolve is what it took to bend the thing and to exercise and, and to keep going and, and to say, no, I'm not accepting that. Wherever you're at right now, again, you know, this may not find you in pleasant circumstances. You might be laid up in a hospital bed right now. I've, I've talked to a lot of people uh, that were in bad situations. And like I said, I've been in bad situations and the frustration of that can get to you. What's gonna get you through? Oftentimes, it's your stubborn. That's why I'm encouraging you today to be stubborn. Don't accept the unacceptable. And so Peter speaks out from his stubborn. He says, cast your anxiety, cast these frustrations on God because he cares for you. And humility is when you hand your frustrations to God. Oftentimes, the things that, that, that really get us, that we need to get a hold of our stubborn and, and, and to face are, are things like failures. Sometimes we fail at something, and Peter failed miserably. He denied Jesus, and you know the story. He, uh, you know, before the, the rooster crows, Jesus said, before the rooster crows uh, three times, you'll have denied me, and so the rooster crows, and, and uh, he denied him, and uh, he, he must have felt like an incredible failure. He said, I'm going back to fishing for a living, and uh, Jesus appears and says, man, Peter, catch, come on, do what I told you to do, catch fish. We talked about that last week. And I really want to encourage you, no matter how many times you fail, no matter how, how bad you failed, in fact, in fact, usually when we do fail, we fail in front of people, no matter how bad and how many times, God is the God of the second chance. Get your stubborn on, get up again, and realize that failure, and I want you to get this, Failure is actually a facade. It's, it's something imposing as real, but it's not. Now, I don't know if you've had a chance to go to uh, any of the back lots of Movie World or uh, Hollywood or any of that, but I remember uh, visiting Universal Studios for the first time in Southern California, and I was pumped. And we're going around, you know, it's one of those tours, and all, all the tourists are in these these uh, buggies, and we're going around there, and I was so, oh, and they go, and there's the house that the movie Psycho was filmed in. And I'm looking at that, and I'm going, wow, that's where it took place. That's where, you know, the lady in the shower, you know, she screams because the guy comes in and attacks. Ah, that's incredible. And then we turn the corner, and, and, and it's the Cleaver House from the show that I used to watch called Leave It to Beaver. And there it is. I recognize the house, and it was one after another. But then they go, there's nothing actually behind any of these. They're what's called a facade. It looks like a house, but it's not a house. You could not live in that house. Now, that's the way it is with failure. Failure is actually a facade. It's something unreal posing as real. Failure is only as real as you make it. So listen to what Peter says, in, again, in 1 Peter chapter 5. Listen to verse 8. Be alert and be sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion, but he prowls around pretending to be, looking for someone to devour. The someone that's not going to get devoured is the stubborn person that gets their stubborn resolve on and says, no, failure is not final unless you make it final. Failure is a facade. 
I am going to stand up to this. Resist him, verse 9. Standing firm in the faith. That's what it means to be stubborn. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. In other words, you're not alone. You're not the only person that's, uh, that's facing failure or frustrations. You're not the only person that's going through something. You're not the only person that's locked in lockdown from a pandemic or in isolation or maybe you're out, out of your job. You're not the only person. There are a whole bunch of people worldwide. The only weapon the enemy has is deception. So your ultimate complement is the opposition. Whenever there's opposition facing me, I've learned this. I see that as a compliment. Because I, if I wasn't doing anything, there wouldn't be any opposition at all. There's, there's no opposition when you don't do anything. You just sit there and watch daytime TV. There's nobody, everybody likes me because they don't even know you exist. You can just sit there like a blob and, and have no complaint, have no resolve, nothing to get stubborn about and, and do nothing and have no opposition, but you're not going to accomplish anything anyway. The, the, the key is to really realize that the biggest compliment you can be paid is often the comp uh, competition or the opposition, rather. I, I find that the greater the opposition means the greater uh, that the cause must be and, and uh, the greater the fruit on the other side of it. So most people, because they can't see the good things coming, they, they couldn't see any way out, and they see failure as final, and so they quit. In Michigan, where I grew up, we had winter, and I know it's not, maybe not as bad as Alaska or somewhere like that, but we used to get some really big snowstorms. And I remember one that came around Thanksgiving time, it was back in the 70s, and I went to college in a place called Kalamazoo, Michigan, and I wanted to come home for Thanksgiving, and it was the first big snow of the year, and there's a highway between Kalamazoo and uh, the Detroit area where I live called 94. And I remember uh, my car wasn't the best car in the world. And I'm driving, you know, this 66 Dodge uh, uh, Coronet, I think it was. And, uh, you know, bad car anyway. And, and all of a sudden, man, it started to snow so hard that the window, you know, the, the windscreen wipers are going like that. And pretty soon we had what, we, what was called white out. You can't see anything. You, you just, it's, it's worse than a rainstorm. It's white out. The snow's coming down so hard. The cars are slowing down. People are skidding off the road. Invisibility was practically non-existent. And sometimes that's the way it is with, with, with failure and frustrations, all these things. We, we get white out. We can't see any, anything good on the other side. Our vision gets blocked because of all the opposition and everything else. We can't see a preferable future. We can't see a way out of this situation. But if you could see on the other side of that, you would see that God has made a way. You would see that there are some amazing things. You just have to get your stubborn on and get through it. You just got to push through sometimes some of these things and, and, and you'll see that there's a breakthrough on the other side. I, I look at Samson, he's one of my favorite characters. And, you know, Samson grew his hair long and he had uh, incredible powers and everything that God had given him. And, and he comes to the end of his life because he uh, goes ahead and gives up his secret powers to Delilah. And uh, anyway, you know, he gets his eyes plucked out by the Philistines so he can't see anything. 
but he still kind of has a, a sense of what's going on. And listen to what he says here. It's, the, it's coming to the end. He, he probably thinks, man, what a failure that I am. How could I be so stupid? And that's what happens in Judges 16, verse 28. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. That's, that's humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Cast all your care upon him. He prayed to the Lord. He said, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me. Get this, just one more, just one more time. Let me, with one blow, get revenge on the Philistines with my two eyes. Now, God answered that. They led him out. He put his hand. He could feel between the pillars, and they're all making sport. They're up in the balconies cheering and, you know, yelling at him and hurling abuses at him. The opposition was fierce. What a compliment, though. And he takes his hands, and the power comes upon him, and he pushes those giant pillars apart, and the whole thing comes crumbling down, and, and, and he destroys more of the enemy in that than what he did before. And God granted him his, his wish. Sometimes we just don't see that our setbacks are part of our success. Don't be a failure, be a fighter. Fight through it. Another thing that we need, to, we need to look at when it comes to getting our stubborn on is our faults. Now, we are always good. People are so good at passing the buck. Uh, I, in this current climate, it's no different really in some ways than other seasons that uh, I've certainly lived through. But whenever something goes wrong, people start to look, they play the blame game. They want to blame the government. They want to blame the prime minister. They want to blame the president. They want to blame everybody is at fault. And so they start this big fault-finding thing. You've got to get your stubborn on and realize it's not about finding fault. It's about finding faith. It's about finding a resolve on the inside of you to stand up to whatever it is and quit pointing the finger because that doesn't do anything at all. It never causes anything to get good. It's the, oh, it's the economy. It's my parents. It's, it's the, the reason I'm the way I am is because of uh, my mother or my dad or, or whoever. Stop it. Faults are problems. There are problems with every idea, but there's also opportunities with every problem. Listen to what Peter says, again, going back to 1 Peter 5, uh, in verse 10. And the God of all grace... Now that grace means God's ability, the favor of God, the divine favor or power of God for you to do what you can't do in the natural. And the God of all grace, don't you love that? Of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, no matter how long this pandemic goes on, it's not eternity, guys. This is honestly it's a little while in the scope of eternity and even in the scope of your lifetime. After you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. What is he actually saying? Get stubborn about this and get the power of God on you. I like what Paul said when he was going through uh, incredible trials uh, God spoke to him and said, my grace is sufficient for you. Not insufficient. My grace is sufficient for you. Listen to this. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more uh, 
godly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest upon me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution. Your disadvantage is your biggest advantage. And, and uh, we need to realize that, that our, it's our stubborn that's going to be the resolve to actually sometimes to sit back and know, you know, I can't, I can't solve this with my strength. If the hand of God doesn't come on me, I'm gone. But I'm going to wait because the hand of God is. I'm going to humble myself and pray. I'm going to humble myself under the mighty hand of God and the God of grace, his power is going to come upon me. Wherever you're at right now, I want you just to take a moment and, and, and go ahead and be weak in yourself. Go ahead and let yourself uh, be weak. Realize that stubborn is not about being just strong in yourself. Stubborn sometimes, it's just, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm just going to wait. If I have to wait, if I have to sit here in this hospital bed, if I have to put up with whatever it is, I'm going to be stubborn enough to see this thing through, but I'm going to acknowledge that it's not my strength that's going to do it. It's God's strength. And so therefore, when I am weak, he is strong. I love that. When I was in that hospital bed, you know, with all the hookups and the, uh, with morphine and all kinds of things at the mercy of the hospital, really, uh, and I was in so much pain, I, I just remember thinking, well, God, this is going to be up to you. If I'm going to have an arm at the end of this, it's because you're going to do the healing. And if I'm going to get up and, and, and preach again and, and, and have my life back again, it's, it's going to be because your hand has got to come upon this. And, and waiting on God, it was like a painful thing, but I'm just stubborn enough to wait it through. I, I, I believe that I'm talking to some stubborn people. Get, get the stubborn you. Get, it, get your stubborn on. And... Uh, and the last thing I just want to talk about that we need to be stubborn to face is our fears. Now, sometimes our fears are warranted. Uh, I know some people put faith versus fear. It's not really quite that simple. There are some things that you should be afraid of. If I see a brown snake about, you know, a few inches from my feet and I don't jump out of the way from fear, well, <laughs> something's wrong. Uh, you know, there are just things that where natural fear will kick in, and, and it's, it's okay. But there's sometimes where we need to just face the fears with our st stubborn resolve and, and push through fear barriers. The biggest fear I had, really, uh, all through high school and college, and I could never see myself doing what I'm doing now, you got to be kidding, was public speaking. In fact, that's one of the biggest fears that people have, is getting up in front of people and if somebody would have said to me back then, uh, you're going to be doing public speaking, I would have said pigs would fly, uh, you know, other, uh, other thing, metaphors, I don't know, but uh, that will never happen. I could never, ever see myself talking to anybody. And that fear was just overwhelming. It was to the point where when I was asked to give oral book reports at, uh, in high school, I would always make sure that I was off that day. And the teacher finally said, hey, you've got to be there. You, you're going to fail. You're going to give this. And I remember just about passing out. I was so scared. I had to get up and do it. I, my heart would start to beat. I'd be out of breath. I'd start sweating. And then it came time for me at, uh, at uh, the theological school to actually give a sermon. 
in front of the class. And some of these people had already been in ministry and they were, you know, my, my turn was like somewhere down the road. Uh, we, we, you know, did it over a period of months. And these people would get up and they would, they would preach and it was like, oh no, this is like, oh, these people are so good and I'm so bad and I was petrified. And then I, I really felt the stubborn me kicked in and I really went before God and I said, God, if you've called me to do this, you've got to give me the grace to do what I can't do. And I'll never forget that because I was out in the hallway and other students were asking, when do you have to give your, uh, your sermon? When, and, and others just say, oh, you know, i got to give it in two weeks' time. When do you have to give yours? And I said, oh, I don't know. And, 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 and the grace of God kicked in, and I said, you mean when do I get to give it? Something happens when the grace of God kicks in, when the hand of God is on your life. Something happens. And I said, I get to give it. I don't have to get it. God, God reminded me, you don't have to be here. You get to be here. You don't have to do what you're doing. Whatever you're doing for work, or right now you might be out of work, whatever it is that you're doing, if you're a parent, a husband, a wife, you get to do that. You don't got to do it. You get to do it. Get your stubborn resolve on and get on with it and believe for the grace of God to come on your life and watch what happens when God's, God's grace kicks in. He will, he will cause you to do what you can't do. And so my day came when I got to preach, and I'll never forget it. They called my name up instead of just reluctantly like, oh gosh, you know, kind of walking up the front. I ran to the front and delivered the sermon of my life. Ten minutes I was like, I was buzzing. I was so excited because God enabled me to do what I can't do. I am reminded of that constantly about the grace of God. I really want to encourage you, get your stubborn on. You can overcome frustrations. You can overcome uh, all these faults and things and fault finding. You can overcome that. You just got to get that resolve and let the stubborn you come out. Get the donkey uh, onto your destiny. And, and, and you can overcome fear by, by the grace of God and things that, that you can't do in the natural, God will enable you to do, especially when you see that your position is beyond your condition. The position that God wants to, to put you into is beyond your condition. You have to see past the white out. You have to see beyond the obstacle and what you cannot see. That's what faith is after all. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you can see it, it's not faith. And start to uh, count your stubbornness as a big asset. So who's going to solve the problems of this world? Is it going to be Captain America? I don't think so because Captain America doesn't exist. Is it going to be a politician? They've been trying for hundreds of years and have not succeeded yet. Who's going to solve the problems? Is it going to be somebody famous, a Hollywood actor, or, or, or somebody that, you know, has got their star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? I don't think so. I think that the problems are going to be solved by stubborn people just like you and just like me getting something on the inside of us called a complaint that rises up to cause us to get up and our, get our stubborn on like an outfit and go out there and push through and see things happen and let whatever it is that's revolting to you, let that thing that's frustrating you that you failed at, that, that it, you know, that, that's a fault maybe, and, and, and stare that thing down. People just like you are what's going to cause this world to be changed in a good way. I know I've challenged you today. 
Uh, I know perhaps, you know, maybe some are convicted. I get convicted at my own messages. I think, you got to do this. You're a hypocrite if you don't do what you're preaching. So, uh, you know, believe me, if you point your finger, there's three pointing back. I'm not pointing any fingers, that's for sure. I just want to encourage you today to be stubborn in a, in a direction to take you towards your destiny. Well, we're out of time, but I do want to pray for you before we go. And I really want to encourage you. I hope that this message has helped in some way. I hope that you can share this with as many people uh, as you can. I also would encourage you to go to our YouTube channel and hit subscribe at City Church, uh, Sunshine Coast, to, uh, to share this message on all the platforms because we're trying to get something out there to the world. And I cannot wait to see you, City Church, back in the in this room which is empty right now so I can actually be preaching to some people and uh, not just some not that the camera people aren't people and all of that but you know what I mean you guys are great <laughs> just more people is always nicer uh, but I do appreciate you for jumping online and, and, and tuning into this broadcast and uh, I, I really do want to pray for you and encourage you so make sure also that you can go to our website uh, city-church.com.au just put your details uh, in the form there it will ask for that and then your prayer request want to know that as well so lots of ways that you can help us help you but just before we go I want to pray for you uh, I hope that you would see this as something that, that can be very very powerful I hope that you could see that prayer prayer believe me God answers prayer we've seen all kinds of things that, that uh, God has done. Cancers go. I've seen people uh, that were supposed to die come back. Uh, you know, I believe this pandemic, it's going around. It can go around you. It's going to go around me. And uh, I, I believe if you would just be stubborn for the things of God, God will do some amazing things in your life. So let me pray for you right now. And uh, if you would just, wherever you're at, it doesn't matter your posture. Close your eyes, open your eyes whatever you're comfortable with, but just receive the prayer and uh, because I believe that God is going to answer the prayers and the desires of your heart. So Father, I just thank you right now for whoever is tuned in and, and uh, whoever's online listening to uh, and watching uh, this online uh, service right now. Father, I just thank you that you would reach in. You know their world. You know their frustrations and their fears and their faults and every uh, thing that's come against them. And Father, I thank you right now. Let this minister to them that they can humble themselves under your mighty hand, cast these cares upon you, for you care for them, and you will, you promise this, Lord, you will exalt them or lift them up in due time. I, I pray right now, if you're sick with uh, any kind of physical infirmity, that God will raise you up. I pray for if there's things that are frustrating you in the natural, job-wise, career-wise, uh, anything like that. I just pray, Father, right now, give, give whoever that is, give them the resolve to see it through and, uh, and to believe and to trust you. Father, I thank you right now for that, for that faith to rise up. If, uh, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus Christ, I'm just going to lead you in a simple prayer, not a formula, just a prayer. It's not what you have to do. It's what he's already done. It's just that simple. And uh, so if you'd like to pray after me right now, that would be fantastic. And uh, again, please let us know that you've done that by visiting our website. So say this prayer with me. 
Say, dear God, I accept your gift of salvation. Jesus, I give you my life right now. Amen. Again, please let us know if you prayed that. God bless you, and uh, we hope to see you right back next week. And uh, until then, get your stubborn on, stubborn you, and rise up, stick it through, and see what God's going to do. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.